Hello, my name is Joel Simpson, and welcome to the Connect Podcast with Indianola First Assembly. And I'm John Tonsi, and our goal is to build community and relationships through sharing life experiences and God stories to inspire and connect with each other on a deeper level. Today we have a very special guest with us, Stacy Keller, and we are very excited to get to know her and hear her story. Stacy, tell us how you started coming to First Assembly. Um, I first started coming to First Assembly about 10 years ago. Um, my brother Brandon has come to, came to first assembly, um, since he was in high school. So he was here for a long time and he always told me to come to church and that I would love it and it would be good for me and my family. And, um, he brought my daughter Michaela to Daisy's and all the children's church stuff for us so that, um, she would get involved in church, but I still didn't want to come. But he was he was trying to loop you in yeah, through your kids. Through my kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so he um would always tell me to come and I just I didn't want to change my life. Like I thought I would doesn't have to stop drinking and stop smoking and or I didn't smoke, but like, you know, just do undo everything. Stop all the things that you thought were fun. Fun. Right. Stop having fun and go to church. And uh so it just took me a while and then my grandma passed away. And I had another baby and I was just really depressed and upset at God for taking my grandma, who was my best friend. And so I came in and Brandon told me to have a a meeting with Pastor Barry. And so I did a meeting with Pastor Barry and he had me say the prayer and I accepted Christ in my life and started coming to church the next week. So it's been about 10 years, and yeah, I just love it. So I know uh, Corey didn't come with you at first. No, Corey. How did you get Corey to come to church? uh, Corey was, it was hard. He grew up in the church, and he always, like, you know, since he was little to high school, and he, his dad didn't go to church, just his mom and and the kids went. So he didn't think he had to come to church, like, just me and the kids would come and he didn't have to come. And I don't, I don't remember like what made him, I mean, I was just on him every week. You know, you need to come, you need to come. And then I think if I remember correctly, it was, um, Michaela was having a conversation. My daughter, Michaela was having a conversation with Corey's dad about the Bible and he felt left out. And so he decided he needed to come to church and read the Bible and, get more affiliated with, with the church. And so he could have a conversation with my, with his dad, like Michaela was. So I think that's what, if I remember right, that's what, um, triggered him to start coming. And so, yeah, now he's an elder in the church and yeah, does a lot, does hosting. We do life groups and we're really involved. He jumped right in. He did. Yeah. He's all, he's here all the time. He's here all the time and he's, yeah. And he volunteers his, um, electrical skills and, uh, has worked on the church for for the last 10 years now. And you're involved too. I know you work, uh, in the bistro and help out with, I work in the bistro. I've been there about a year and a half. So I wait tables and minister to people and I just love it. I just love all my, my regulars and I just can't wait to see them every day. It's not like a job at all. 
Yeah, what a unique ministry though, right? Yeah. I mean, just the opportunity of different people coming in and out and being able to talk to them and hear their stories and, yeah. and uh, just encourage people on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah, and it's really nice when we get people that have never been to the bistro before and don't go to church and we they're really curious about why the bistro is in the church. So we tell them, you know, it, it was part of the church, but now we're our own entity and tell them about our, that we're nonprofit and that all of our money goes to missions and outreach programs and everything. And then they are like, they just want to, they're, they're so happy with that. And then they asked me about our church and I know a couple of couples that have come that have never been to the church before. And that we've got me and Trish, I've got them to, to come to the church. And that's really, really, really nice to be able to do that for people. Yeah. That's such a cool outreach. Uh, that's awesome. Awesome to hear about your experiences with that too. Yeah. You get to have a really good breakfast and yeah, the food's awesome. So, <laughs> and not only that, like if you're not saved, you can become saved. Oh, you feed your body and your soul here. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's why the back of our shirts say, "Do good, uh, do good, eat good." <laughs> so, where do you normally sit on Sundays? We always sit on the right side of the sanctuary, like a few rows up. I don't know why. We just have always sat there. <laughs> You're not the only one that has an assigned seat. Yes, or, we, like do, you know? we do. We <laughs> sit behind Tiffany and Brad um, almost every Sunday unless we're hosting. <laughs> I don't know why, but we, we have a spot. So don't sit there. <laughs> I'm, I, I've been telling everybody this. I think I'm going to just show up in your seat one day. I'm going to get here before you guys. And I, I want to see what happens. Yeah. Cora would be like, what's up? He's a pretty big guy. So <laughs> thanks for keeping it warm. Yeah, move. <laughs> I remember. So this is a funny story. I don't, it was fairly early on when we were coming here and I, it was a communion Sunday or communion service of some nature or whatever. And we happened to be sitting next to you guys. And this was before I really knew who you were yeah. or whatever. And I remember I kept losing my communion cup and I was like dropping it all over and my kids are <laughs> laughing at me. And I think one time you found it. It was like under your chair or something. And anyways, I'm like, they probably think I'm crazy. Well, Do you was... remember this? No, I okay, don't. Right. I, well, don't. I feel better now. <laughs> So it wasn't a first impression. No, okay, so that's good. good. <laughs> All right. So what is wrong with this guy? Yeah, right. So Stacey, where did you grow up? I was born in Anaheim, California, which I don't remember much. I was there till I was like 13. Then my parents decided we were going to move to Texas. So I mostly remember growing up in Texas. I don't remember much of California, but um, I moved here when I was 23 after I got pregnant with Michaela. What part of Texas did you, did you live in? I lived in a little tiny town of 1400. It was called Troy, Texas. Um, after the Dallas Cowboys won the Super Bowl, they wanted to name it Troy Aikman, Texas. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily that got shot down. But yeah, like my graduating class only had like 58 people. It was really small. And then you moved here, you said when you were 23. Yeah. And was that to Indianola? Yep. My grandparents from California retired here. My grandparents and my mom and my uncle were all born in Indianola are from here and they weren't born in Indianola, but they, my grandparents retired here. My mom and my dad got divorced when I was a senior in high school. So my mom moved up here and I stayed in Texas for a couple more years. So I just followed the family, the family just all followed my grandparents back up here. And so does your mom still live here in town? She lives actually now in Jefferson, Iowa. Um, she just sold her townhouse here last year and moved to Jefferson in a big farmhouse. 
You probably went to high school in Texas. I went to high school in Texas. Um, high school was okay for me. It was kind of quiet. I had a few friends that were like cheerleaders and things. So I was in the groups, but yeah, I was, I didn't come, I didn't have a very good home life, like growing up. So my dad was an alcoholic. My mom worked all the time to support us cause he didn't work. So, and I had four, I was the oldest of five kids. So I didn't really have like a home life where I had like one of my friends to come over and stuff like that. So I mostly spent a lot of time away from home during my high school, high school years. My dad and me did not get along very well. So when I was a senior in high school, I asked my parents to, or my mom to make a choice, whether it was my dad or me to stay. And she chose my dad. So I moved out of my parents' home when I was 16 and moved in with one of my friends to finish high school. So that was pretty rough. And then after I graduated high school, I went to California where my grandparents lived for the summer. And for me to come home, my mom had to divorce my dad. Otherwise, I was going to move to Iowa with my grandparents. But my mom decided to divorce my dad. So I moved home. And uh, he never moved out. Like, they got divorced, but she couldn't get him to move out. So I ended up leaving again and moving in with friends and town close to Troy and uh never went home again that's rough I mean I didn't know that about you but to be 16 and leave your home and still have the motivation to go to high school and finish high school Mm -hmm. like good for you thanks yeah it was uh if it wasn't for my friend Audra my best friend in high school her parents let me move in with them for a year to finish school You know what's cool is just to look back on our lives and see God's hand, even when we didn't know who he was. Yes. And just how he guided our lives and put people in the right places. Right. To to bring us through that. And my wife has a similar story and experience of... Um, of some of those things, not moving out, you know, when she was 16, but just how God worked in her life before she really knew him and uh, how it's, you know, as you reflect back, you can see his hand through all of that and what Mm -hmm. led you to this point. But also just how cool it is that the legacy that you and Corey are having with your kids now and the life that you are creating for them and the examples that you are for them is so incredible, you know, considering what you lived through and went through with that. It's just, it's amazing and inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I didn't grow up in the church or, um, I think I went to church twice with my grandma in Texas, but they were seventh day Adventist. So it was kind of really different. Um, so it kind of was scary. So I never went back, but yeah, I didn't grow up in the church and my dad was atheist. So not that he preached it or like, embedded us with it or anything like that it's just we just knew that god didn't exist when i was younger i was um molested by my dad's best friend for three years and every time that it happened i would i would ask god and i don't know why because i didn't believe in him but i would ask god to make it stop or you know something like that and i just knew he was always there with me like so i wouldn't be hurt or i could get through it and uh it's yeah it's one of those god moments that you just you look back on and you thank goodness that he was there amen oh that's that's just amazing just who you are that's that's awesome yeah the you know trauma that you go through or the experiences that you go through in life like really 
can define you mm-hmm. and that you didn't let that become a negative effect on you and i mean knowing you personally like you're a great person oh thanks guys <laughs> so yeah. can you tell us a little bit about how you met Corey? how uh, long you've been married <laughs> Well, I met Corey in Des Moines. Um, this is pre, pre being saved, so don't judge me. Um, we were in a. We just call that BC. That's BC, what, yeah, yes. Yeah. And it's um, not you we're gonna judge. We're gonna judge Corey. <laughs> yeah, and we met in a bar about seventeen years ago. Um, I was actually going through a divorce and wanted nothing to do with men. Like, I was going through a divorce, so. I went by him and I was wearing a t-shirt that he liked. And so he was like, nice shirt. And I noticed him and I'm like, that guy is really good looking. And so I kept walking by and, um, he ignored me after he commented on my shirt. And so then he went to the bathroom and I told his friends, I walked by again and they're like, what's up? And I'm like, Oh, he's obviously not interested. And they're like, no, he's interested. And so I was like, okay. So I went to- He's just shy. Yeah. I went to the bathroom and I came out and he's like, can I use your phone? And I'm like, okay, well, yeah. And so I gave him my phone. And what he did is he called his phone with my phone to get my phone number. So- Oh man, that's smooth. Yeah. Yeah. So the next day he called me and I'm like, who is this? And he's like, I'm the guy from last night at the bar. And- I want to know if you wanted to go to Applebee's with me. <laughs> Applebee's. So that's, we went to Applebee's like a, a, and the rest a, is history. <laughs> Ten year marriage, you go to Applebee's, right? That's like, well, I'll be honest. One of one of my wife and I's first dates was at Applebee's yeah. on the south side. So I can't say too much. <laughs> yeah, he took me to the one that used to be on university, like up in West Des Moines. So he he took me to West Des Moines. Oh, so fancy. it wasn't yeah. south oh, okay. side. Right. Okay, it wasn't <laughs> south side. <laughs> but yeah, the rest is history. We um were together for two years and then we got engaged. Three years and we got engaged. And then we were married a year and a half after that. And then we've been married for 16 years now. Awesome. Yeah. So it does work out sometimes when you meet your husband in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> it helps when God's involved, right? Yes, yes. And and to tell you the truth, the I don't think we would still be together if we weren't saved. Like if I didn't get saved, like we were going through some pretty hard marriage problems when I decided to come to church. So that was um, another God moment was for me to the timing of me coming to church and us and it saving our marriage. So praise God that, you know, he did that. And so tell us about your kids. I have a daughter that's 22. Her name is Michaela. Great kid. I had her from my very first relationship that I moved from Texas. I was pregnant when I moved from Texas to Iowa and I had her on my own. So I was a single mom for a couple years and, uh, she saved my life. Like I was doing I was out of high school and partying and doing drugs and drinking and her, her dad was not a very nice person. So he was very physically abusive to me and cheated on me all the time. And, uh, so I moved to Iowa to be away from him. And luckily my grandma took me in and having a baby to save my life. Like I instantly, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, stopped using drugs, stopped drinking really have, and I haven't touched it really since. 
I mean, I've drank, of course, what did you call it? BC, (laughs) (laughs) but never, never have done drugs since I was 22. And, but yeah, I call her my, my lifesaver because she really did save my life. And, uh, now she's 22, like I said, and she just got married in February to Daniel, who's a wonderful man. And they're both come to the church and are God driven and yeah, I can't wait to be a grandma. Don't tell anybody I said that, but but yeah. And then I have a 14, uh, 14 year old son and a nine year old son, Carson and Clayton with Corey. They're great kids. They are involved in baseball right now. Um, so that takes up a lot of our time and they, uh, are good in school and they well behaved and, um, they love the church. They love going to youth and children's church. It's like, if we don't go on a Wednesday, they're like, why aren't we going to church? Or if Carson has a tournament on a Sunday, Corey will take Clayton or I will take Clayton. And only one of us will go to the tournament so that Clayton comes to church on Sunday because he just loves it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I know both of my boys hang out with your boys. And so it's, it's been fun to see. And I know that's early on Jonathan made a connection. I think it was at camp last year. Mm. Him and Carson started hanging out together. Yeah. And camp's like a week away. I know it's coming up (laughs) fast. Yeah. So how have your family, friends, and communities shaped your faith journey? I would say Brandon was my biggest fan when it came for me coming to church, him and Melissa, and then seeing my daughter progress and made me want to come to the church. And uh, since I've been coming to the church, the community here at the church, everybody has been so nice and so friendly and supportive. And the pastors, I just love all the pastors. And Pastor Barry is my favorite. And he's, I mean, not my favorite pastor, but like, he's just one of my favorite people. He's (laughs) He's just one of my favorite people. And without him pushing me and I wouldn't be involved in hosting and life groups. And cause I don't ever, I don't have very, a lot of, uh, I guess I should say I'm like kind of insecure when it comes to talking and like being in front of people and praying and things like that. But he's always given me the, the encouragement I've needed to do what I, you know, I need to do. And, um, now being like an elder's wife, it's, that was one thing I'd never thought I'd be with my past. And so, and being involved in sisterhood, the sisterhood committee, um, has Amelia Bedwell is just amazing and she's so supportive and she really lets us, she has a lot of faith in us and puts us out there to do things that we never thought we could do to reach all the women in the community. Well, tell us more about like Brandon and him getting you here. And I mean, he was a big part of, I remember coming to church. He was a big part of church. Yeah. Him and Mel were, uh, youth leaders for as long as I can remember. They've been, Mel introduced him to church, um, in high school right after, I think he was out of high school and she was still in high school, but, um, they got married right after high school and Melissa's dad and mom and sister, they were really involved in the church. I think Dave was, I don't know if he was necessarily an elder, but he was really involved in the church. So he just caught right on and loved it and read the Bible and was really knowledgeable and always told me that I needed to come. And I just, I just wasn't ready. 
but he went through a huge struggle when he was 19, found out he had Crohn's disease and liver disease. So he really needed God and faith and, um, healing. And, uh, um, so I think that's one of the things he got sick, right, right at the same time my grandmother passed away and, uh, he had a liver transplant, I believe in his very first liver transplant from the liver disease in like 2003 and he was really it didn't take so he had to have another liver transplant a month later and he was just sick for 20 years um, with liver disease and liver transplants and when he had his third liver transplant right around the time my grandmother passed away is when I came to Pastor Barry and and was saved and just needed to hear that we weren't being punished or what we did to deserve what was going on in our family and um and he really turned it around for me and that's when I was saved and Brandon had his third liver transplant and lived um another 10 years and then about three years ago he went in for his fourth liver transplant and the liver wouldn't take because the ducts of his liver were too weak to to reattach the new liver so he passed away like three years ago and um, yeah, he was really involved in the church and he's the main reason I'm here. So, but if I wouldn't have had God in my life when he passed away, I don't know what would have happened because I could actually hold on to something and uh, God was here to help me get through that. And yeah, cause I wouldn't have made it through without God and knowing that he's in a better place and he's not sick anymore and God healed him, even though it wasn't the healing that we wanted. He was a big personality. Oh, he was. Yeah. He, I, um, I remember coming <laughs> and like, he was all over the place. Like he, he, <laughs> he was so fun. And like, he was one of the first ones that I kind of got to know coming mm-hmm. here. And it was just because he didn't care who you were. He'd come up and love on you and yeah. like joke with you and talk with you. And it was, yeah, he couldn't wait. Like if you played softball with the team, with the, with the church or whatever like he couldn't wait to rag on you about softball or your if you weren't a cowboys fan or just yeah he just had a big personality loved to pick on people and and if he you know if he didn't pick on you he didn't like you so <laughs> it's it's so great um when you go situ go through situations in life like that you have that choice of you can lean into god or you can turn on God yeah. you know a lot of people do that and just uh, the the strength it takes you know at times to just really lean in and trust and and that yeah that that experience it's humbling and uh, but 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 very powerful for what it does for you and, and your growth and, and the legacy that that leaves and think about the, the role that he played in the legacy and just how he's smiling down on you and your family and everything yeah and it was um I'm gonna get upset I'm sorry but it was really weird because before he went into surgery I was like I thanked him so much for getting me where I was getting me in the church and that I wouldn't be this person without him and all that not knowing that it was going to be the last time that I talked to him so it's tough to go through him sorry Stacy it's encouraging for others though that you know there are many people that are praying for their family members to come to church and I've been working with them to come to know Jesus and, and you know and all of that and just 
Yeah, I would say just never give up. I mean, it took my brother a good 15 years before I came that he told me every day or every time I saw him or every time he picked up Michaela for church that I needed to come. And it took me 15 years, but I came and now it's been 10 years and I wouldn't go back for anything. I'm a little speechless. I'll be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Where do we, where do we go from here? Let's try to lift it up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. uh, Yeah. What do you do for fun? I know you're, you're a baseball mom. Yeah. Um, we're, <laughs> we're at the baseball fields four nights a week and every other weekend. So I don't really have much time for hobbies or anything, but I just love being a mom. I'm fortunate enough to have mom hours at my job. So I get off by 1130 and I'm home with the boys after they, you know, it's summertime now, so they don't wake up till 12 o'clock. But yeah, I mean, just going to the pool and going to the, my husband's dad owns a farm. So we take the boys to the farm and um, we spend a lot of time at the farm during the summer, four wheeling and just barbecuing and things like that. I miss Michaela a lot since she's moved out and gotten married. So I don't really have my girl time. So I can't, I just wait, can't wait till she calls me and wants to go shopping or hang out with me. So that's really my days. And yeah, just doing stuff in the church and volunteering and Clayton has his lemonade stand on the 24th of June. They're doing lemonade stands. I've already like gone on Amazon and gotten all the stuff to make it all cute. And I'm just all excited to do that with him because every year that they do the lemonade stand, we've been in a tournament. So he's never got to do it. And then so this year, Corey's like, you stay home on that Saturday and I'll go to the tournament and you stay home and do this lemonade stand with him. And so we're really excited. He's like, can you make zucchini bread? And I'm like, it's a lemonade stand. And he's like, and I was like, so I guess we're selling zucchini bread at the lemonade stand. I'll show up for that. (laughs) What is one thing that you've always wanted to do, but haven't done yet? What have I always wanted to do and haven't done yet? I guess my, one of my things on my bucket list and I don't know why, because I mean, I'm a baseball fan, but not a real big baseball fan, like major league baseball. But I always wanted to take an RV and go to every baseball field in the United States and like stay in a hotel, but it had to be like next to a shopping mall so I could shop. But we, me and Corey could go to the games and I could shop. And, um, but that's just one of my, my bucket list things is to own an RV and just go across the country and and I'll go to all the baseball fields and and shop. <laughs> Corey better put in a few more hours. <laughs> yeah, it's an, I'm not. I'm talking like an RV, like a like, not not in this little camper. It's going to be an RV, <laughs> right. like a musician's RV. <laughs> okay. So what's your baseball team? Um, we are St. Louis Cardinal fans. Cardinals, okay. All yeah. Right. Not doing too hot this year, but... Were you a Cardinals fan before you met Corey or No, I was an Astros fan. He converted you? He did. (laughs) Well, the Astros are in Texas and not too... You can't really find their gear up here. So, yeah, it it wasn't a hard transition, but... And I don't even know why I was an Astro fan. I don't know. I just picked them because everybody was a Rangers fan in Texas. So, I wanted to be there. You had to go against the crowd. Yeah. So can you tell us any other, you've already talked a number of them, but can you tell us any God stories where some, like maybe something that stands out in your mind where it was just like, God really moved here and it could be small. Yeah. Um, no, actually when I, um, I think it was, 
I want to say a couple years after I started coming to church, I took ultimate journey and, um, that was one of the hardest things I ever did, but coming out of it was amazing. Like I did all three phases back to back. So that was, um, which is, doesn't happen very often. They don't do the classes back to back, but so I was like engrossed in this community with the same four people that was in my, that were in my, um, ultimate journey class in my group. And it was like a bubble, like a God bubble and nothing could stop me. Like I was preaching to people and I was like going to work and like, cause I do my homework at work and people are like, what are you writing? Cause you have to write letters to yourself. Like when you were younger, that's what ultimate journey is about. And they're like, why are you writing letters to yourself? And they were just, and I was like, oh, well, um, I'm in this ultimate journey class and I'm learning. I've got a time machine. It's going back. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm just like, I'm learning how to talk to myself when I was little so that I can get rid of all the bad, you know, the bad things that happened to me and, and find forgiveness and all that. And people were just amazed. Like, they're like, you're always so happy and smiley and, um, you never have a bad day. And it was just, God was protecting me. He was over me the whole time I did ultimate journey. And I wish I could get that back. Like after a couple months, you know, life happens and your bubble kind of bursts, but, um, like just the joy and the community that I felt doing, um, ultimate journey. And I knew God was with me like every day. Cause I couldn't have done it. Some of our classes lasted till two in the morning talking about, you know, everyone's issues or whatever. And just knowing that I wasn't alone with a lot of the life, life things that happened to me that happened to other people. And we're all Christians and, you know, thinking that becoming a Christian, you're, you have to be perfect and your life's going to be just this great adventure. You know, it's really hard and you still have to deal with all your past and, and things like that to get to your future. And that's what really helped me. And I just loved ultimate journey. So I would suggest it to anybody that needs to take it. Let's see another God moment. Definitely when my daughter was born was a God moment, even though I didn't know it. Like I've said in, in my other question that it was saved my life. I had one recently, which is really hard to talk about, but, um, so I struggle with depression and anxiety and I've kind of struggled with it since I was younger, but recently was diagnosed with bipolar and that was really hard for me to deal with. So I go to therapy and with a therapist and about once a month or twice a month, I was having one of my lows, really low, low where I was almost suicidal. Didn't really see a future. I was just really depressed and didn't know what to do with my depression. It was just getting to, to be too much. And, uh, I went to group on a Tuesday and I didn't want to go. I just didn't want to go. And I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm like numb. I'm don't have any feelings towards anything. I'm just, I'm done with everything. And, uh, I went to group and the, my, the leader of the group asked me to talk because she knew she's my therapist. So she knew that I was not doing very well. And, um, 
so I told everybody that I was just done with everything. And uh, I was just telling the group this. And there was a lady in my group that was the first time she came and she didn't talk the whole time, but she just like yelled out, please do not kill yourself. Like, she's like, my husband just committed suicide. And she started talking about her boys and her and how much they miss them, miss him. And it just made me wake up. And she's like, no amount of money or no person or nothing is worth killing yourself over. And the next day I went to therapy with my therapist and she's like, I am so sorry. I did not know that was going to happen last night. Like I didn't know she was going to be there or whatever, but I was like, she saved my life. Like God needed her to be there for me and I needed to be there even though I didn't want to go. It was a total God moment and I haven't looked back. Like I instantly became, you know, like snapped out of my depression stage, my low and I've kind of been on a high ever since then, ever since that meeting, just thinking of, you know, that nothing's worth my life. And I just kind of have a second chance to, you know, take my life back and not just fall into the depression and like, let that lead my life. So total God moment with that woman being in, in that class and, and helping me see the light. And the, uh- Depression is like, I mean, you just, it's like such a dark thing Mm -hmm. that weighs over you. And I've been through it after my, I was married before and I went through a divorce. And after that divorce, I went through, um, depression and it, it was, it was bad. It, it really takes you into a place that you, like you don't think straight. No. And you, you're just kind of on autopilot. Exactly. And um, I remember I would come home and I had Alexis at the time. I think she was like seven or eight years old. And I would go pick her up and I would come home. And after work or whatever, I would just go and lay in bed and, and do nothing. And it went on for weeks. I was just so depressed. And so I just couldn't get over this and get out from underneath this cloud. Mm -hmm. And I thought about suicide like every day. I mean, and it's just a, it's a constant thing that is on your mind and you just, the devil really like gets a hold of you and like uses that against you. And what brought me out of it was my my daughter came in and she, I mean, she was eight years old and fending for herself, like getting her own food. And I just wouldn't move. And she came in and crawled up um, next to me and started crying and said, I miss you. And it broke my heart because it's just like, we don't think about that when when you're in that stage, you mm-hmm. just... Um, and I, I thank God for that moment and that I, I had Alexis there that she was able to break me of that and thank God for that lady being there and being able to break you from that. Cause it's hard and you really, you can't break yourself from it. No, like you said, you're just on autopilot and 
you just go through the routine every day and you put on a happy face and but inside you're just dying and it's just so hard we uh as a society holistically struggle with mental illness and how to handle it and support and uh, it hits home for for me my brother-in-law had a mental illness and never never uh, really was diagnosed until uh, he had some pretty major issues later and uh, he ended up committing suicide uh, I'll just tell you it's my heart breaks because I feel like it's um, you, you know I don't I don't I don't know a lot about it mm-hmm. but uh, you just think yeah you feel kind of imprisoned you know and it's like the real you's in there but can't come out type of a thing and that's kind of I always think about him gave me a whole new perspective on working through that and my grandma had bipolar and then dementia and went through a lot as well and it's just it's tough you know it's just tough and it's jesus is the only answer yeah if jesus wasn't in my life if god wasn't here i don't know where where i would be i i pray every day i just thank god every day that he that he pulls me through and gives me you know my family and my job and my church and yeah well we certainly appreciate you sharing with us today spending time with us